0: Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. This is where every day you and I, we get together. We have a little bit of, oh, here, all the way over here, Bubba. We have a little bit of coffee. We get into God's Word and we grow in our love for the Lord together. And uh, if you just got here, well, we uh, we forgot our normal camera. So you get a little bit of behind the scenes today. Uh, normally the backdrop is lit up and it's all white and, uh, well, We're going to make do. Uh, But the computer is screaming at us, so if we drop frames and stuff, I'm sorry. But uh, you can go and listen to the audio recording of this at sermonaudio.com if you'd like. Let's have some coffee. We'll pray. And get into God's Word. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the blessing it is to hear from you, to listen to your Word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us. God, we need your wisdom. Care for us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're at Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Although looking at this, I've, I feel like we might have missed a section. If we did, we'll go back tomorrow and we'll check it out. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You want to re- read verses 1 through 3? And I'll read 4 through 10? Okay, go ahead.
1: For I want you to know that a great conflict I oh, have.
0: For I want you to know.
1: With what a great conflict I have for you and those in lab, lab. Laodicea. Laodicea.
0: Laodicea.
1: Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may not be encouraged, that their hearts uh, may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and uh, attaining to all which is. All of the full, shots of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in wisdom and hidden. Mm
0: -mm -mm -mm. In whom whom
1: hid all hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge.
0: Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am about According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Well, we need to ask ourselves, A, what is this? About
1: B What is the best loss of
0: And C what are we
1: called to
0: Good. So, first, A, what is this about? Right. Well, in verses 1 through 4, he he talks about a conflict. And who is the conflict about? Them. Yeah, it's about them, right? People there in Colossae and for people in Laodicea. These, these cities are pretty close to each other, right? And people in Laodicea, have they seen him face to face? No. Nope, they haven't seen him face to face yet. And his conflict is that their hearts may be... What in verse two? Uh oh! Encouraged. Yawns. Encouraged, right? He wants their hearts to be encouraged, and and not just n- encouraged, but he wants their, them, these saints, these Christians in these areas. What does he want them to be? Knit together in love. He wants them to. So he wants them to be encouraged. He wants them to be knit together in love. What else does he want them to to have?
1: All riches of of the full assurance of understanding.
0: That's right. So he wants them to be encouraged. He wants them to be knit together in love. He wants them to have all the riches of full assurance of understanding. Do you know what that means? Assurance. Uh, You're sure of
1: something.
0: You're sure of something. Good. Yeah. So you're certain about something. You know it to be true. And so full assurance of understanding to the what
1: to the knowledge of the mystery of God
0: yeah to the knowledge of the mystery of God of the Father and of Christ notice here God is described as the Father and of Christ there's whole bunches of places where we learn about the persons in the godhead but here is one of them as well and and so this this mystery of Christ How it is that Christ is in us and we are in Christ and that the wall of division between Jew and Gentile has been torn down. He wants them to know this for certain. The riches of God's inheritance in the saints. And so he says, in whom? Who's the whom? Who do you think the whom is in verse 3? In God. In God. In God are what?
1: Hidden.
0: What's hidden in God?
1: All the treasures of wisdom and
0: knowledge. That's right. Can you understand the knowledge of God apart from Christ? No. Could you understand the wisdom of God apart from Christ? No. No. You certainly can't. Now this I say, uh-oh, they're coming. <laughs> I'm, they're contagious, man. You and Daniel, you start yawning. They don't go away. Verse 4, right? So this first part, right? He he, he wants them to know these things. He wants them to be encouraged. He wants them to... Um, he wants them to have brotherly love for one another and he wants them to have wisdom and knowledge that comes from Christ, right? The fullness of the richness of the knowledge. And and why does he want them to know these things? Verse four. Um
1: So that they won't be deceived? Yeah, right. Waste yeah,
0: right. Do some people come and they got smooth tongues? Mm -hmm. They're able to talk really well. Mm -hmm. But are they leading them in the right direction? Nope. He says, man, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be knit together in brotherly love. I want you to know the richness, the fullness of God, the knowledge and the wisdom that comes with knowing Christ. So that way when smooth-tongued people come, you're not going to be persuaded by them. Mm -hmm. But can Paul do this himself? Has he seen them face-to-face? No, he hasn't.
1: Oh, I thought he, oh, it's for both
0: Yeah, he hasn't, he, well, remember, it's Epaphras who shared oh. the gospel with them, not Paul.
1: Wait, I was thinking we were still in um, Philippians. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, he's here.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, no, this is Colossians, right? It's Colossae. No, it's Epaphras who shared the gospel with them. And it's Laodicea that he's writing to, but he hasn't seen them face to face. As he's concerned about them, right? This is the conflict he has. He wishes he could go and give them these things, but instead he's got to write it out. He doesn't want them to be, to be tricked by vain philosophy with smooth-sounding words. That's something we have to be concerned about, right? Yeah, so, um, For though I am absent in the flesh, verse 5, yet I am what?
1: Absent. He's absent
0: with them in the flesh, yet I am...
1: With
0: you in the spirit. Yeah. And so as he is there with them in the spirit, he hears about what's going on. He's getting reports about these things. He's praying for them. What does he say in verse Uh 5? (gasps) Uh-oh. Yawn
1: number
0: three. Actually, this is yawn number four. I tried to hold it. Okay. Yawn number four. Okay. So what is he rejoicing about?
1: Um... The second half of verse 5.
0: Good order. Yeah, he's rejoicing to see, one, their good order, and what else? What's number two that he's rejoicing the
1: steadfastness about? steadfastness of your faith in Christ. What do you think he means by
0: that? Why is he rejoicing at that?
1: Uh, because they're being steadfast in Christ.
0: Yeah, they're being steadfast in Christ. They're holding to Jesus. And they're doing things in order. Is it chaos in Colossae? Yeah. It's not chaos. It's in good order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in good order. It's not chaos. And that's you. What do you think would make Daddy, as a pastor, uh, happy if things were in chaos or if things were running well? If things were running well. Yeah. This is Pastor Paul saying, "Man, I'm I'm rejoicing. You guys are following in the path." You're doing things in order and you're holding to Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. So he's rejoicing in this. Right? And as, theref- as you therefore, verse 6, have received Christ. who? Received Christ? Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Yeah, right. So here he's going to give them an admonition, right? They're holding steadfast to Christ. They know Jesus. They've heard of Jesus. Epaphras has shared the gospel with them. Now, this is a a command. It's an encouraging command, but it's a command. Let's go ahead and read verses 6 and 7. This is one that I remember memorizing when I was a boy. Can you read
1: verses 6 and 7? Therefore have received Christ Jesus Lord to walk in him rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving.
0: Okay, so as you therefore have what?
1: Uh, Received.
0: Received Christ Jesus the Lord, right? So you've received him, Mm -hmm. you believe in him, you hold to him, you're keeping steadfast to him. Now, what do you do now that you have received Jesus? What does he say first, the very end of verse 6? You have to walk with him. Not walk with him, walk. In him. In him, the prepositions are important, right? Walk in him. Right, do we walk according to the flesh or by faith? By faith. By faith, I'm going to move you over. Actually, let's move the microphone so that way. It's, uh, I just noticed it's not sounding too great for you. Um, we walk in Christ by faith, right? Mm-hmm. Where you un- so there's a doctrine. You ready for the doctrine? Do you know what doctrine means? Uh, teaching. teaching. Right there's a there's a Christian teaching from the scriptures. It's called union with Christ. Okay, it means Christ is in us, and we are in Him. him. Right? Somehow we're united to Christ and Christ is united to us. And so the spirit of Christ is in us. And so when we walk, we ought to walk according to our old nature or as we are actually in, actually in Christ. Actually in Christ right? This is why Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 said, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Right so he he sees his whole life as it's Christ who's living in him. So he's encouraging them, he's commanding them walk in Christ. Right not according to the flesh but in Christ. Okay. So so we walk in Christ, we walk in him and then verse 7 if we're to walk in him what needs to happen in verse 7?
1: to be rooted and built up in him
0: That's right, rooted and built up in him. What did Jesus say in John chapter 15? I am the vine, you are the and
1: branches. Anyone
0: who abides in, in
1: me will bear good
0: fruit. Will bear good fruit. That's right. So we need to be rooted in who? Christ. In Christ. We need to be established in who? Christ. In Christ. Right do Do you think that being in Jesus is a big deal? Yeah. That's number five. (laughs) Y'all number five. Okay, so we need to be rooted and established in Christ. We can never take our eyes off of Christ. Christ. This is why we're called. What do you think somebody who believes in Jesus is called? Christian. a christian right this is this is why we're called Christians because we're in Christ, Christ is in us, we're rooted in Christ, we're established in Christ, we want to tell others other people about Christ
1: Christ I remember when I was running at the Lord, it was like when you put at the word Christians, you put in Christ, yeah,
0: and that's right, because we're Christ. Right, we're we're in Christ. Christ is in us. We're built up in Christ. We're rooted in Christ. We have est- we and then we are established in our faith. Right, but is this a faith we made up by ourselves? Nope. What does he say? Established in the faith,
1: as you have been taught.
0: As you have been taught. Who taught you the faith? Uh, you and mom. That's right. And did we make it up ourselves? No. Where did we get our faith from?
1: The Bible from the
0: parents. That's right. But primarily from the scriptures. Right? We we go to the word. We learn about what the person and teaching of Jesus is. And we bow down to Him. We listen to Him. We walk in Him. Right? And so uh we have been rooted and established, built up in our faith, as you have been taught abounding in it with
1: thanksgiving
0: thanksgiving is it a good thing to be rescued from sin yep. you think you thank god for that yep. is it a good thing that god has brought gentiles to himself yep. is that something to be thankful about yep. there's a whole bunch of things to be thankful to god about isn't there Yeah. and so this last part so he's commanded them I would encourage you to memorize verses 6 and 7. But the last part is also a warning. It's a command and a warning. What does he say in verse 8 and 9?
1: That people shouldn't um, cheat you. He's worried that people would cheat them in philosophy.
0: That's right, cheat them with philosophy. Someday, son, you might go to college. I don't know what college you're going to go to. Maybe you'll go to college, maybe you'll get a job, I don't know. And when you go, do you know what could happen?
1: They might teach me something else in one of the classes that I that in science class they might say that's not real.
0: Well, they might do it not so bluntly, right? But they might they might be very erudite. They might use long, difficult words. They might have multiple letters behind their names, right? They might be PhDs or. They might be uh, different types of philosophers. They might have you read all sorts of different books. And in their many different books, with their high philosophy, they might try to steal from you the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we, he doesn't want them to... He wants them to beware of this. Beware. This could happen. And it's not... It's it's rarely going to be like, Boom! Jesus is a lie! <laughs> but it's going to be more subtle. It's going to be with smooth words, with good-sounding logic. But it's not going to be according to the wisdom of God. Yeah. And so he, he wants them to be on guard. Right? Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to what?
1: According to Christ.
0: Oh, no, according to the tradition of Men. This is opposed to the tradition of God.
1: Oh, and and then it says according to.
0: Yeah, well, according, to, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according, according to Christ, Christ. right? So there's there's uh, commentators who will say this is one of two things, right? This is basic principles of this world, meaning uh, the sensuality of this world, the basic philosophies of this world, who only look at the material things of this world and the raw basic reason of man, or. He might be talking about Judaizers, people who are just saying, you know, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, and you'll be holy. Right? If if you just abstain from unclean foods, if you do the ceremonial law, if you keep the sacrifices, if you're circumcised, then you'll be holy. And so whichever one this is, I think both of them are are philosophies that he's saying they're earthly, not heavenly. He's saying they're not according to Christ. Not according to Christ, that's right. And so, verse 9 and 10, uh, what does he finish this off with?
1: Um, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily.
0: Whoa! Who's that talking about?
1: Uh, Christ.
0: Talking about Jesus and what did it just say? For in what?
1: For in him dwells, Who's the Him? Uh, God. God. I mean Jesus. Jesus.
0: For in Jesus dwells what?
1: All the fullness of the Godhead
0: Oh, so so Jesus is only partly God? No. Really? Yep. But it says here. For in Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. How could that be the case?
1: Yeah, because Jesus humbled himself.
0: Okay, so Jesus humbled himself, so he became a man. Did he have flesh like you? Yeah. Yeah? Could his mom uh, give him a kiss on the forehead? Yep. But yet he was fully God? Doesn't that seem very different than... What this world's philosophy would teach? Yep. Yeah, but Jesus was fully God and fully man. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now this should, again, the book of Colossians is a very helpful book for people who deny the full divinity of Jesus or deny that Jesus is God at all. Yeah, I remember when we
1: were going through history, when we were in the middle of BC and AC. And when... They were trying to explain how Jesus could be God and man, and uh, one of the religions that well that Jesus was like a sponge and he soaked up,
0: like yeah, God. somehow he soaked up the uh, the spirit of God, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a heresy of adoptionism, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll pass that over, right? Um, and you, oh, now this is interesting, right? In Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, and so what does that mean for your life, verse 10?
1: Um, That we are in him.
0: Not just that you are in him, you are...
1: The head of all principality.
0: Well, that's talking about Jesus, Uh, right? But you are... Complete. You're complete in him. You will never be better than when you are in Jesus. I might be sinful I might fail you as a dad and I do fail you as a dad sometimes don't I but if we are in Jesus do we lack anything in the eyes of God no or because Jesus is our head and you are complete in Jesus who is the head of all principalities and powers it's not about us, nope. but it's about Jesus, who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yep. Well, we've gone over a whole bunch of stuff. You get home, and your mom says, Bubba, you woke up early. You yawned five times on coffee and devotions. What in the world did you learn? What was that passage about? That you- um,
1: when we are actually in Christ, we are complete and complete. We can't be ever perfect and ever more perfect than ever was.
0: Hmm. Did you learn anything about wisdom or philosophy?
1: Yeah, we learned that um there'll be smooth talkers that will try to influence you in something else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what should you do? How how will you avoid that?
1: By staying steadfast in Christ.
0: That's right, being rooted. And steadfast in Christ. Good, good. Um, what do you think is the best verse? To, uh, that what would you underline in your Bible? Um,
1: I think I would underline six through ten.
0: Six through ten. Wow, <laughs> a whole bunch of verses. Half the half the passage. Okay, six through ten. Good. Uh, I would underline uh, six through or six and seven maybe. Um, but that's the warning. I might just underline four and five.
1: Um, and then you're
0: underlining. I know, I know. It's so hard to do this, isn't it? Well, let's let's talk about C, calling. How do you take this home and live it?
1: Um, That we should be steadfast in Christ. And if someone tries to teach us something different, that we should stay steadfast in Christ.
0: Okay, so how do you do that? How do you stay steadfast in Jesus?
1: Um, not following another religion, or you can try to bear good fruit.
0: Well, how do you bear good fruit?
1: You abide in Christ.
0: Well, how do you abide in Christ?
1: <laughs> um, you believe that Christ is one.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going to give you three ordinary means of grace to help you abide in Christ. You ready? 1. The word. As we read God's word and we think about these are the words of Jesus and they give us wisdom to know him and to love him. And as we as we hear their teaching and follow them, right? The word teaches us a word next is the sacraments right? when you take the lord's supper or when you see people baptized or you remember your own baptism right? and we remember that we have been engaged to jesus christ that we're washed from our sin that we have been committed to him all right that we are uh, partakers of the covenant of grace and so uh and we remember Jesus' death and resurrection until we come. Right? So when we take communion. Uh, and then lastly, prayer. As we pray with and for others, according to the scriptures, when we, uh, when we give God adoration, when we confess our sins, when we thank him for the things that we have, and when we have things to ask him, when we have supplications to bring to him. Uh, I would say those are three ordinary, three primary ways in which we abide in Jesus. You might throw in a fourth one there. Are you ready for it? The fourth one, I think, is actually in here, uh, that they are uh, (laughs) knit together in love. That as you do those things in a body, not just by yourself, but with other Christians, that's John number six, (laughs) as you do these things with other Christians, loving others, You learned to love like Jesus loved. So, you ready to pray? Yeah, Yeah, we went over a lot. (laughs) Lord, we thank you so much for this day, and we thank you for your word. We pray that you would please bless us, and you would care for us in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he watch over your soul, and may you rejoice in him. Stay steadfast in your faith, established and abounding in love. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.